And it's two dumb vets. We're back. As always, you got Dane here. David's sitting across the room in Jordan's chair today. And that is because special guest. we have a special guest. We have a VIP. Papa. My dad is in town, actually. And we, we cornered him into doing something that he hates doing. And that's recording podcasts, which I don't really know why he hates doing it. Because I don't know how many he's been on, to be honest. Well, I've never been on a podcast, but I have this visual from my childhood of somebody wrapped around a bunch of old people wrapped around a television or old people wrapped around a radio uh, listening to some old talk show. Um, now you call it a, a podcast, apparently. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's just it's a, it's a bad visual for me. Yeah, I mean, I can understand. We, we all have a past. We all have history that connects to that past. It creates some kind of emotion. I'm I'm a fan of of podcasts. I do like you know to listen to some of the some of that Rogan. Obviously, is quite popular. There's a few others, but um, so I'm always interested in hearing what they have to say. The problem is, I'm not really interested in hearing what I have to say. I've already heard that story. Yeah. So we usually don't listen to our podcast a lot. I listen a little. That's bit. probably not a good idea. I listen to my podcast. You do? Yeah. Do you really? Mm-hmm. I listen you to every probably podcast. Probably lay in bed and pinch yourself too. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you what I do when I listen to the podcast, but I listen to my podcast. I like my voice, as everybody in this office knows. They hear me talk all day long. <laughs> but uh, luckily enough, we uh, we convinced him, which obviously is a very strong twist of the arm to come visit us in Vegas. It's always right. hard to get somebody to come out here to visit us in Vegas. But we convinced him to come out here and kind of give us a, an overview and you know, take the 30,000 foot look at what we're doing here and how we're growing. But to be honest, even more important than that, now that, you know, Jordan has joined the team and Jordan's my youngest brother, uh, he just kind of gets to hang out with the boys for the weekend. And But really brought you out here to kind of have you look at what we're doing and also give your feedback and guidance and coaching. And uh, the, the big reason for that is obviously circles back around to many conversations that I've had with you lately. And it's, you know, you as growing up and as a, as a kid, you're like, Oh, I need my dad because I need 40 bucks to go to the golf course. I need my dad because I need him to drive me to school. I need my dad because I need food and I don't have money. And now it's like, Hey, I need my dad because he's done, Old. done well and experienced and, yeah. and experienced a lot of things that I'm experiencing now that have a much dra a much larger impact than, hey, Pops, can I get 40 bucks so I can go golfing with my buddies? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's always easier when you look at what other people are doing in their business and then uh, and then to look at what they're doing and be able to, to spot some of the things that they should be doing differently or better. And that's true with any business. You know, you, you see somebody come in and, and uh, you obviously have been around my businesses over the years um, and some of the newer stuff that you don't get to see daily but still hear us talk about. Um, it's easy to, to take a 30,000-foot view or an elevated view on something and go, okay, you know, this is, uh, this is an outpoint or this could use some help or, hey, great job over here. Uh, but when you're in the line of fire every day like you guys currently are, it probably has, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I like to, to compare it to drinking from a fire hose. <laughs> not exactly the preferred <laughs> method, but I want to back up to you to uh, to come into town to visit you guys. So, uh, you know, Jordan being the youngest, I'm asking him, I'm like, okay, so how's Vegas? I'm worried about a couple of things like fucking strippers and gambling problems. I mean, other than that, it's like, you know, I don't really care what you do. Have a good time. You're a grown adult. Congratulations. You got one more class to finish a couple of things you're working on. And great. So... He's like, ah, oh, dad, I had a great time. The other night I went to the casino and, and I was playing craps. And, oh, man, I really love craps, right? So he's the youngest of the, of the boys. So, you know, you go, okay, uh, you know, he hasn't learned everything, but he's a grown man. He's figuring it out. So we go, you guys, we went to dinner last night. We popped in the casino for a minute. I look over and he's standing at the table. And there's, you know, obviously with all the masks and everything, there's always, everybody's got to be spread out wearing a damn mask in the casino, which is weird as hell. Oh, between yeah. the smoking and all this, it's like some of this stuff makes sense. Other <laughs> stuff makes no sense, whatever. But 
So I'm standing behind the table and I'm watching him and he's, you know, he's got a few hundred bucks up on the, on the chips up on the counter. And uh, so I so I tried to join in. They're like, oh, sir, you can't join in. There's only three people on each side. I'm like, well, that sucks. It's fucking weird. So I just watched for a few minutes. Two guys leave. And so he's like, hey, squeeze in here. So I squeeze in there. And uh, so the dice go around and I, and then I finally get the dice. And I start rolling and rolling and rolling. And I must have rolled for 30, 40 minutes, something like that. I'm just on fire. And they're trying to slow me down. I didn't even acknowledge it. I'm just like putting my bets out, you know, just hitting time and time and time and time again. And then your brother looks at me and goes, wow, you got, you got, a, you, you got a lot of chips. Uh, are you going to change your bet and bet on some of these other things? And I looked at him. I was like, oh, my God. You just <laughs> jinxed it. Jinxed me. Like, don't ask me what I'm betting and don't count my chips <laughs> when I'm shooting the dice. And I thought to myself, well, he's the youngest. He hasn't figured any of this stuff out yet. So needless to say, about two rolls after that, I crapped out. And I grabbed my chips and I left. But uh, somebody needs to teach that boy a little etiquette about never counting somebody else's chips. Right? Don't question anybody's bets, and don't be fucking strippers. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I so. think that we all—I think that we all got the same. Like all the boys in the family, actually, I, I'm pretty sure Taylor got it too. But we—it was a different did, version of it. But yeah, different version. But it's like all the boys in the family got the same thing. You have three rules: yeah. don't get a girl pregnant, don't get a DUI, and don't get arrested. Yeah, I mean, most other things are fixable, like they're lessons, and it doesn't mean like go out and run your forehead into a wall. It doesn't mean you know. It means what it means. It's like there's a lot of things you should experience. Those three things, particularly not. No, those are things that you could yeah. do without, you know, experiencing like doing drugs all the time, getting a DUI, getting somebody pregnant, you know, going to, all that stuff is like, it's very overrated. So everything else is kind of like, I can help you figure out how to sort it out. Everything else is lessons. Lessons. That don't have as big of an impact. Long-term <laughs> consequences, yeah. 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 I know it's 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 funny because I, I get to talk to Jordan a lot out here. Obviously, him living with me right now, but also working with me, and it's it's nice because it's refreshing. Because I I knew Jordan from smoking weed on the roof with Oxner and Dingman, and I walk into the house in uh, on Innisbrook, yeah. and them three are on the roof, and I'm like, "Hey, dude, you're telling Dad, not me." Yeah. And so it's like that's that's that the that's the Jordan that I really got to that was the last time I really spent time around Jordan because at that point in time I was still working up in the northeast then I was going then I was off to college and then shortly after that I was just kind of doing my own thing he was at St. Leo I'd see him ever so often and now I'm now I actually get to spend time with my little brother but it's it's kind of refreshing for me he definitely still has a lot of life lessons to learn as we all do all the all your kids you know all the siblings we we all have a lot of life lessons to do but or to learn but Seeing Jordan now, I'm like, dude, it's actually awesome to see you, like, see the man you're becoming, you know, and, yeah. and uh, whatever, whatever impact I have or don't have, it's just awesome to be a part of that journey. Now, I, th- I think the, the, the thing I learned most from it is, like, when I, I said, this kid is brain damaged, and your mom kept telling me, no, he's not, he's not, he's not. And she was right, he's not, he's actually, he's pretty smart. Yeah. Pretty smart. <laughs> I, I questioned it along the way, so this kid keeps making the same mistakes repeatedly, it's gotta be, it's like, did you drop this kid when I wasn't looking on his head, but no, he's... <laughs> No, he's actually, you know, as you know, we're joking, but he's, uh, we're, 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 we're lucky to have uh, the group that we have. Uh, many people around us probably um, aren't, you know, not a lot, not as fortunate. Everybody's uh, doing so well. Yeah. You know, and it's not even that. It's like I talked to, I talked to a lot of, <coughs> excuse me, I talked to a lot of friends of mine and what we discuss with them and what they see is like all the siblings and the family actually enjoys hanging out together. Like half the time, we'd rather just go hang out with one another and like, we're, I'm good. Yeah. Like the whole Drake theme, like no new friends. Like, no, I, I got I got my crew. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it's like we we just love hanging out with one another and just doing that. And that's I, I would say it's it is very unique. And not as common as as most, you know. Yeah, yeah there's there's uh, many good examples of that uh, for, for all of you guys. A lot of great great memories together and and I'm sure there's plenty more to, to come with everybody's really on their way you know you you've got uh, Taylor she's the youngest but she's out there hustling you know she's got three or four things going on and and uh, and, and all of you above her the you know the older three boys um, so 
I, I, I think now is the opportunity for me to just sit back and watch it, you know, coming out, leaving Florida uh, for a few days, to come out here to visit you guys. I mean, who doesn't like to come to Vegas for a few days, but like anything, two or three days in Vegas is plenty, but, but coming out here was really not about that. It was about coming to see what you guys are doing and, and, uh, and just enjoy a few days. Uh, that I've always joked about the idea of coming to visit your houses and then just like, you know, taking a shower, throwing my towel on the floor and then like <laughs> making sandwiches and like leaving shit everywhere. And then maybe, you know, asking you for like 20 or 40 bucks on the way out <laughs> while I went to hang out with my friends. And, I, and I, I, I'm really close to being able to, to, to really make that a reality here now that I come to your town and visit your house. It's like I haven't figured out. I don't really have any friends to hang out here with and I don't really need the 40 bucks. So I'm going to have to find a new way to work that out. But, uh, but the idea of somebody yelling at you and going, your dad came over here, make, make the mess, threw his towel on the floor. He's eating all the food. You need to talk to your dad. Like, like the first 20 years of, of all of your lives of like, you need to talk to that child about what they're doing. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a great opportunity to, uh, to reverse the field on that a little bit. Oh, trust me. I'm already, I'm already like planning and thinking ahead. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to walk downstairs and you know, what's going to happen is stuff that I put in a certain place. Cause I yeah. wanted it there. Yeah. It's going to be moved to another I place. I thought about that. Like how can and I it, reorganize <laughs> things in a way that's disruptive? Like, and I'm going oh, like, uh, I'm, I'm to walk downstairs and be like, Dude, you know, it sounds really good. A glass of rhetoric. Oh, and yeah. then I'm gonna I'm gonna look and I'm like, that would have been good, but that bottle. Who drank call my bourbon? It's, it's gone. Yeah. Who drank it? Yeah. Fortunately, it was 8 a.m. You didn't have to worry about that today. But yeah, yeah uh, I would I wouldn't say leave it all out for a few for a few days if I'm here because you might find some of it missing. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, excited to see what you guys are doing here and and uh, you know experience. Uh, being a spectator and watching somebody else's, you know, dreams come true and grow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nice to have you out here. And what you pointed out earlier is something that I want to circle back to is it's always easier to look at somebody else's game and point out what you would do better or what you would advise them to do or holes that they need to fill. And the hard part about the, what I'm experiencing right now and I'm experiencing at a very rapid speed is it's difficult to look at your own game and point out the holes because whether it's your level of confront on it or whether it's the fact that you know that if you point this out, you actually have to take an action and get it like fixed what that issue is or fill that, fill that individual, that post, that hat, whatever it is, it makes it so much easier. And that's why. Um, yeah. When you're a small business, you're, you're comfortable doing everything. Um, and the cool thing to experience is, is when, you know, you and, you and David, I, I see you guys here, you're here all day and night, um, constantly, um, you know, whether it's, whether it's making sure that something is going out correctly or fulfilling, uh, new opportunities and, and getting quotes out and that kind of thing. Um, but when, when you, when you're used to having to be the person that does it all, um, that doesn't get transferred easily to somebody else unless it's written up and then. And then, of course, made into its own position. So along the way, part of the growing pains and the plateaus of growing pain, I, I tell people all the time, growing pains are a beautiful thing because that means that you are performing and making money and you need help. And everybody gets frustrated by the idea of it, but it's an, it's an opportunity to embrace that. And there's plateaus at 1 million, there's plateaus at 2 million, there's plateaus at 5 million, and there's plateaus between 8 and 10 million. And then there's another one that's 20 and over uh, when, you, when, a, when a person's building their small business and, you know, the, you can run averages on different types of industries and, and come up with a lot of analytics and data on it. But at the end, the end result is always the same. You're never going to, as a small business, you're never going to run out of things to do. And we migrate to the things that um, are easier for us to get done or that, that makes sense to us to get done. But that's not always the case. Um, the pendulum swing of sales is sales is a lagging indicator of, of activities. The more you're focusing on getting products out the door, the less you're focusing on driving in new revenue and keeping your funnels and keeping the front end of your marketing and your sales up to deliver, right? So you never slow delivery down to align with sales. You're always pumping your, your sales up 
and pushing delivery harder and harder. And of course, that's, you know, obviously you're, you're going to have to deal with, with that. But the point I'm bringing that up is, is, is when I walk in here, you have three or four funnels of sales and a bunch of activities that are going on. Uh, but the sales is going to be the lagging indicator of all those activities. And the more you're having to be the butcher, the baker, the banker, and the candlestick maker, for that matter, um, the less you're able to get into some of these, so, or stay in front of all the uh, all the activities and the sales and the new markets and, and the opportunities. If your phone's ringing 20 times a day with 10 people or 20 people needing quotes, um, yet you're in the back shipping boxes or you guys are fulfilling other areas, of the world, you know, who is making sure those things happen? And circling back to the key point of that was, growing pains are a good thing, but you're always going to have something that needs to be done. And if you're not staying, you know, if you're not picking the right things as opposed to either your favorite thing or the things that make sense, uh, for, 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 level of, for, for level of confront or, 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 or what, uh, you know, what seems the right thing at the time is not always the time you have to stay in front of the, uh, from the sales and activities. And it's quite interesting to see your business model. I mean, it is, it is um, an interesting area, you know, the, the idea of, of helping people with both delivery, delivery of their products, servicing their products, uh, you know, even to the front of it of design and development of their products, uh, which, you know, obviously, as you know, we've, we've dealt with over the years with doing um, software for manufacturing and software for different processes. And then before that, the product that we did for software for, uh, for medical and report writing and, and, uh, and uh, office management for medical. Um, you kind of see all the pieces of the workflow, but in your world, uh, when I come in and I look at it, I go, this is quite, quite an interesting model. You're able to take somebody's idea and, and develop it into a product. And then from that area, uh, handle all the shipping logistics control and everything of it. Um, and I never really had to look at that. You know, our products for the lack of a better way are invisible. If I make a software, I send you a link you downloaded. It's on your computer. I send you training tools. Like, and I uh, give you a licensing key and you're active. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my storage is great on that. I, I don't it's really, <laughs> I doesn't take say, so I'm your, learning. Your warehouse overhead is. Yeah. I'm, I'm learning a new model. Exactly. And I'm learning a new model, but yet, you know, some, uh, you know, there's, there's common things across most businesses. You know, you're, you're, you're selling things, you're recording it and you're, and you're delivering it in one way or another. And, and, uh, and this is no different from that sense. But for me, it's quite an interesting thing to see uh, from from a new age and a new way of doing things, um, and it, and I, th I think it's a beautiful thing. The idea of relieving somebody from this portion of of their business, and then of course when I looked at the uh, the data on it, like how how much it must cost them to do it, um, very, very needed service, and it's global. And uh, from when I the, to me, the word global means scalability. <laughs> You know, many, 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 or, or most businesses need it. So it's exciting to see where it can go, um, as well as exciting to, uh, you know, to see the different um, turns in it. You're in Las Vegas, like people from, from not only from people that are coming here to to uh, to to sell products, but I mean, let's be honest, the casinos are a huge consum consumer for for tons and tons of products from uh, from all the current scene with all the the medical and the supplies. Um, uh, to all the other deliverables, um, as well as the West Coast and the Amazon uh, theme of it, this is a huge opportunity. And uh, yeah, I want to be excited. I want to be the pen supplier. It's my goal. My goal is to be the pen supplier for all the casinos. I mean, I'm sure they go through some some pens. As, uh, trust me, as I came out here four years, the the first time I came out here with Sahara, we were going to the trade show here, and we stayed at the Paris. And I grabbed the pen at the Paris, and I was like, oh, I actually really like writing with this pen. And the first time I used it, it died. So I threw it in the trash can. And I came back the next day after we were out uh, at the trade show, came back. Guess brand what I had? There. I had a brand new pen. <laughs> I also had a brand new notepad. Yeah. And I was like, how do I become the pen supplier and the notepad supplier for all the hotels and casinos? And so it's like that thought was in my head four years ago. And obviously now we're doing things to kind of make that happen. Yeah. But... Go ahead. I can't really hear you, so. Oh, so, you know, what What excites me about what we're doing is uh, I look at our, our company as a company that's just an empowering tool to you. So what we're really doing for all of our clients is talking with them, going, I will focus on everything but what you want to focus on, which every company, if – you went, if you went in, let's say you sold a product, 
it's easy for you to talk about that product. It's probably fairly easy for you to figure out how to market that product or bring people on to market that product sure. with you. Create interest for it. And so it's like, those are, that's the fun side of it. The side that is difficult, the side that does create headaches, the side that does create sometimes a very large overhead is the sourcing, the manufacturing, the QC and the distribution of it. Import Customer export. service, delivering it, we're yeah. dealing with, uh, yeah, I deal with it with one of the other things we do. We have a little store we sell on Amazon and it really gave me reality when I was uh, hearing you talk and I'm just kind of grasping, uh, wrapping around my head around some of the things you guys do. Uh, and I'm recalling uh, your brother who deals with yeah. that stuff. Um, having to help people on the phone uh, when, when there's something with whether it's their order or something that they want differently. Or frankly, sometimes we're like, um, what do you mean you didn't get it? You signed for it. Like, you know, somebody yeah. like, okay, this is weird. Or, or the guy that calls in and didn't push his HDMI cord all the way into yeah. the box. Yeah. And it's not connecting to TVs. Yeah. So, so from that point of like somebody has the dream of making something um, and then this, this aligns with removing a lot of the uh, the less fun activities yeah, of it. Like, you guys take that on. And it really, when you look at his cost for staffing and all the things to do it, um, he actually saves money and it's and business becomes more profitable yeah. just by passing this on to you. That's what, uh, what was quite interesting to me when I kind of started to grasp it. Yeah, you focus on sales and marketing, we focus on the rest. That's really what we talk to people yeah. about. Yeah, I think that's what uh, actually got from this conversation when we... Uh, 45 minutes worth of talking and, and you point out everything. David, tip your mic up. Right. You point out everything that we were doing and then there, the, there was a gap missing, the, the sales and marketing. And that, I think that's kind of funny because it's like that's what we promote to our clients. Like, hey, you guys <laughs> deal with the sales and marketing, we'll do it, deal with everything else. And yeah. that's where we've been lacking is just a, attacking that sales and marketing so we can get more clients. In well, your, 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 your inbound activity is keeping you guys so busy yeah. that the first thing I thought of was, okay, this is the ebbs and flows of this um, is, and your ability to stay in front of that is difficult when you're a one man band or a small team, yeah. you know, there's six, eight, 10 people uh, and you guys get a lot of things done. It doesn't mean you can't handle because the automation and what you guys deal with, it really makes things easy, but staying in front of the marketing, the funnels and, and getting more people in front of you to, to share what you guys can do for services. Um, will will become uh, more difficult um, if you guys are having to be the continue to do everything. Yeah, so, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you came out here at like probably the perfect timing because we are getting our systems in place and trying to figure out our CRM. And with with that all getting in place, our third party logistics systems getting put in. Can you not hear me? Barely. Come on, volume up. You are. Um, it's it's like a perfect time to just like pick your brain and figure out where our flaws are in this process and and redirect uh, attention towards things because we're already doing things pretty smoothly when it comes to logistics but the the, the front end as, as you guys say is is where it's lacking where we need more attention and with all the systems uh, getting in place now it's it's a good time to figure out the systems to to make sure we get more clients in this place because yeah that's 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 where we. Uh, that's that's what you're here to do, right? Yeah. Trying to service more and more people, but we really can't if we're not out there trying to get them. Yeah, it's it's part of that, and then you know one of the things that I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the things I'm very excited about is to be honest, kind of picking your brain from that senior executive level, and that's I think that's conversations that I would like for you and I to have, and then you, David, and I to have kind of away from everyone, but it's. It's the struggle when you are the one-man band. Like, this game was started by me, and then within months, I called David and was like, hey, drop everything you're doing and live in this cush life in North Carolina and get your ass out to California. You can stay in the loft, and you can sweat your ass up off there, your ass up to, off, off up there, and let's build this thing, and let's really do it. And so for the longest time, it was David and I were, were the band. And... Now we're having to let go of things and delegate things more and really show a lot of patience when things are asked to get done by staff that you have trained on it. Obviously, we know that there is a very stable piece of information out there and it's number of times over equals certainty. And so the more and more you do something, the better and better you get at it. But for me, a lot of the times I struggle with letting go of things because one of a few reasons being that 
I know that if it needs to get done, I can get it quicker and it's going to get done to the standard that I want it to get done at. And, you know, for, for you, I mean, I, I watched, I worked for Bobcat when I was 17, when it was what, 20 something people. And then after I got out of the military and, um, did a short stint working for, you know, Mel and Rob, I came back over for a little bit and it, you know, over a hundred employees or whatever that number was. And so, you know, what were, what were the things that you did and the things you experienced when you started growing, you know, did, how did you deal with the delegation and the having to let roles and hats go that you were handling um, especially cause I know you, you carry yourself at a certain standard, just like you've raised us all to, there's a certain level of expectations connected with whether that's you, whether that's the name, whether, whatever that is, yeah. you, you are who your brand, you are who you are, right? You ha- yeah, it's yeah. like your brand, it's you're, your brand. Everything. So you present yeah. yourself. how did you, how did leadership, you deal leadership with leadership is, is quite a, a key thing, man, when you're when you're looking at it. So there's a lot of different types of leaders and I'm not going to get into that, but I'm gonna give you a couple examples that, so you have somebody who comes from a, a corporate background, meaning he was a leader at a, at a large corporation and he's like, I want to start my own thing. And he's a, a decent leader or good, or he or she, should I say, uh, are a decent leader, good leader. But, but as part of that, they come from an environment where they're used to systems, things being writ up, written up correctly and workflow and, they understand the idea of how systems make things work. And then there's a self-made guy who, person, should I say, um, who, um, who basically had an idea, had a small business. There's a few different versions of this, but, it, but you'll get the point I'm trying to make here. Had a small business, it started to take off, and they're growing so fast, or they're hitting those strides of growing, and they really don't have a lot of systems and 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 the structure, you know, is good. Things are flowing, um, but they always seem to have bottlenecks. Meaning, people come to you. Leadership's a key part of that because, it, in some ways, you want them to come to you because you have the answers. Yeah. Um, but but it's always going to be a bottleneck, and you're not going to grow. So your leadership style needs to be building. You know, it, it needs to be related to who you put in place and how much you build them up and build trust in them and let them get on with their job. It's like give them the job and let them get on with it. Like, you know, I wouldn't have done it exactly like that, but you did it and you did it your way and it got done. So good job. You know, instead of going, well, I really wanted you to do it my way because my, and my way is always, no, just give them the job and, and tell them to get on with it and support them and, and tell them what they're doing right instead of telling what they're doing wrong, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Because it's it. like, it's like, you know, the actions that I did got us to the dance and it's, you know, that's what I, that's what I constantly circle back around to. And so it's like, I have like, how did you deal with that? Because I, I know you're, we're all fairly similar in regards to a lot of things. Um, especially little, there's a little our, article out there called why organizations stay small. I recommend you know, I, understanding that. that and why organizations stay small is because of, uh, it's like they can get to a point and there's the I'm good factor, right? Uh, small group, small family, they get a little business, it's doing well. Um, and then, uh, you know, they run into a couple of hurdles and instead of figuring out how to solve that or there's something that comes along the way and they're like, I'm good. We're good. We're good. Um, the family's doing well. We can take a few vacations a year. I'm good factor. You have employees like that, but you also have small business owners that are like that. They have something that could be scaled endlessly but the i'm good factor sets in and it's not really that they don't want more it's they can't figure out how to get more because they really struggle with putting the structure there and having a lot of employees or having to deal with the things that growing an organization or a company uh, come with and uh, in the case like this you're they generally in a small business the owner is the obstacle yeah oh trust me yeah. david and i talk about it all the time i was like i am this company's biggest stop yeah the, 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 and I, I can admit that, and obviously I've been trying to do everything. Well, I awareness can to not allows, be. yeah. You're, you're, if you're aware of it, it allows you to get out of your own way. Yeah. If you think it's not that, then you're lying to yourself, and you're always going to struggle. <laughs> Just keep it real, right? Yeah. It's like I told you this last night. We were sitting around, sitting around a little table in my uh, in my dining room, and sitting around. And I was like, you know, the one thing I have learned is that I don't know shit. Yeah. And yeah, it's uh, it's like obviously I know enough to get myself in trouble and get myself out of trouble and you know, work through some things. Luckily enough, I've been surrounded by people that 
have been in many roles, whether it's you, whether it's Mel and Rob, whether it's Jose, whether it's Sean Brown, you know, it's like I've I was luckily around enough of that. And even Lori, you know, yeah, I, I, I was, tell you, I was if you see other people do it. It tells you you can do it. I mean, I could tell you my stories um, in his, you know, history growing up in a very difficult environment. How many times have somebody raised their hand and said, you know, I had it tough. I had a tough life. And, and, it, but it's true. It's like a lot of the self-made people, it's like they had, they didn't have the easiest, but they figured out how to do it and they kept getting after it. They didn't quit. They didn't give up, you know, and you look around you, you surround yourself with those kind of people. You, it's yeah. relatability, right? It's like, man, that guy did, had it tough too. And he's just, you know, nobody came to their house and handed them. No, you know, uh, they, they, they had to work and, and do it. It's like, it's relatable. And then you talk to people with those same stories. It's relatable for you and it lets you know you can do it. Yeah. Put your head down and just do it. <clears throat> you know, there, there's a, a simple rule that I follow uh, when I look at opportunities. So since, since selling the company and then staying on for a little bit, and then looking at um, looking at what's next, you know, in my yeah. mid 50s, I'm like, OK, I don't want to work forever, but I definitely get bored easily and I don't want to not work. So immediately started looking at other other things that are out there. Um, and one thing I realized by talking to some of the other small business owners uh, was I beat myself up a lot about what I didn't do right, what I didn't do right. But we were very successful for 20 something years yeah. and we sold the business and clearly sold it because other people saw the value of it and wanted it. And some of the people that have worked for me for years were able to buy cars, buy houses, put their kids through school. And, you know, they weren't, they weren't all making millionaires. I wish, you know, we wish it would have done more, but at the end of the day, you, you took people then helped them uh, and make quality of life better, good, good business benefits, so on and so forth. So, the, the point I'm making is, is all those years of invalidating yourself and questioning yourself. Uh, and, and then I, and then I, and then I step out and I look at what other people are doing and they're asking me for advice. Well, I clearly, I can look back at my time and go, okay, I didn't know everything, but I sure do know quite a bit about, oh, about the little things that we experience. Now I don't know more than most, but I, we experienced, I mean, I had to learn how to develop software. I had to learn it. I had to learn networks. I had to learn marketing. I had to learn every piece of my business, understanding, uh, you know, uh, uh, P&Ls, cost of goods, you know, negotiations. When you come out of school and you're thinking you want to have your own business, nobody told you that you're going to be negotiating with a landlord, uh, dealing with cost of goods and pricings and, and P&Ls, have to learn and understand marketing, all the pieces to the puzzle that you're going to have to deal with as a small business owner. And so it's easy when, you, when you're doing you know, the ups and downs of it to invalidate yourself. Don't do that. I did that for 20 something years questioning. And then, I, and then I have people offering me, it's like, Hey, I'd like, you know, what are you going to do now? Would you like to, to team up with me and do this thing? And I'm like, so I'm talking to them and I'm listening. I'm like, I know as much or more than them. And I think they're pretty good at what they do. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I'm invalidating them. I'm only reminding myself that, Oh my God, I got some gas left in the tank and there's plenty of things we can still do. And as part of a, a, a small business owner, it's easy to beat yourself up a little bit like, oh my God, am I doing this right? What's going, you know, it's like, don't do that. That's the first thing. Don't second guess yourself. Don't doubt yourself. You know, find the things that make the difference, uh, meaning, meaning how you strategize your day, be organized in, in the time, what you taste, what you, what you waste time on. Um, IPAs, I call them, all right? Income yeah. producing activities. If you're up in the morning, you know, everybody can give you a speech, you know, there's books, the 5am club, this book, that book, you know, on, on how to get up early and spend your day. But, you know, I, I, I could speak on that, but I think everybody knows that they, right? the, the winners are up early, they're reading, they're staying up late. Those are common sense things, but don't yeah. beat yourself up and, uh, and stay focused on the things that are going to drive the revenue for you and not, and, and let, let other people handle the rest of the stuff. <laughs> Otherwise you're going to, you know, you can, you can beat yourself up for, for months and months about it rambled a little bit on that on there there i hope you got the point though yeah i think it's a tricky situation for us because when when trying i've been trying to wake up at five and just not happening because like was it the past two or three days we've been leaving the office at like 10 11 because we do work with china and we talk to them basically every night every night and so it's like it's rough to have that kind of schedule so i've been trying to work wake up at like six seven and i'm just hitting that snooze button because it's like this, this tends to wear you out, you know. Some some days you just need, like Dane has been talking about, like, hey, I just need a break. And some days you just need to shut it down. And 
Yeah, there's a lot of I, like okay, so there's a I don't know if you like audio audiobooks or like to read, but that's an interesting one, right? He really talks about um who? Uh Robin Sharma, uh 5 a.m. club. Okay. It's okay. it's kind of a um he just talks about uh, you know, um what he changed and why and how it benefited him. And it's kind of narrated in a way that keeps the story interesting. It's an interesting story. Yeah. Uh, the kind of the build up to how he got to the point where he's, you know, eventually talking about, you know, the, the discipline of getting up and what, and what he does and, and how it changed his life. And of course, like anybody would tell you that balance is part of that. Like there's a period of time yeah. where he does this, you know, some people prefer, uh, you know, exercise, other people for meditation, but whatever, you know, this amount of sleep and this type of situation. Um, but here's a, here's a, here's a truth that, that is an underlying thing for anybody. Right. And, and we can talk ourselves. The one thing about the human mind, man, is it is a powerful tool. We can talk ourselves into something and we can talk ourselves out of something. If I don't want to do something, I could sit in my own head for about three minutes and come up with three good why, <laughs> reasons why that that's a good idea not to do it. And it, and vice versa. If I really want something, I'm standing there. I got four computers in my house. I'm standing there going, man, I really need that new iPad. Whatever. I mean, it's, you know, we can, I don't need anything, but yeah. you know, but oh, yeah, it's, it's like, you want to talk yourself into something. Yeah. I really should do this right now. Yeah. It's, it's easy to do that. But the point I'm making is it's like, look, you take a person that volunteers, right? Um, this person volunteers for the red cross. There's been a huge storm, any example, right? And, and they go there for the red cross and they're there helping people. They're making a difference, nothing too crazy. They're not out there chopping trees. They're just helping people, serving food, do, uh, part of the solution up at six in the morning, uh, uh, helping people, going to pick things up, doing everything they can to help. Eating out of a MRE, a, a, a military meal. We all know what an MRE is, right? Yeah. Right? Uh, horrible food all day long and they're nine or 10 o'clock. They're finally done and they go to bed and they get up, they get up, right? And they do it again the next day. And they're motivated because they're helping people because it, it, it feels right. There's something about helping people that feels right. Now here's another person goes to work for eight hours, right? Gets out, gets in their car, drives a hundred miles an hour in traffic, causing almost causing accidents, can't wait to get home. And then they sit down there on their couch and they don't move the rest of the night. Right. And they're miserable. This person got paid to do this. Yet the person that is helping and making a difference for the red cross will work 18 hours or 16 hours for free and get up the next day and do it again for free. Right because they feel like they're making a difference. And then this person works eight hours and can't wait to get in there and complains about their life and complains about their boss and gets in their car and they drive 100 miles an hour just so they get home, slides in the driveway, grabs a beer, grabs something to eat and sits on their couch and hardly moves the rest of the night. And they complain about their life. I don't know, I'm tired, you're tired, we all tired, but that's an internal thing, man, right? Isn't it, isn't it, aren't we wired a way to where if we feel like we're making a difference, we don't get as tired as it is when we're like, you know, working and don't feel like we have a purpose, right? So yeah, I get tired just like the next person, but it's a viewpoint as well, as much as it's anything. And I definitely have to shut down just like anybody else. But I think the thing that is, is look, you are at the beginning stage, you're part of the beginning stages of an organization. And, and it matters to you that it grows and it makes a difference, right? You want this thing to be big. So therefore, you you are, at some level, a leader of this group, right? You are trying to lead it a direction. And that has a, there's no, you can't, my viewpoint on that is, you can't take time off as a leader. Like, you can take vacations, I'm not talking about that. But you got to show up with ready to go every day. Yeah. You can't. You know, ah, oh, you know, um, no, I don't like when people interrupt me and talk to me because you know I'm just tired this morning. It's like no, you. Here, here's a, here's the example that I use for that. Michael Jordan can't have a bad day. Somebody in some city begged their father to spend two, three, four, five hundred dollars on some tickets so this little kid could see Michael Jordan, and they did not want to see Michael Jordan play a half-ass day play a half-assed game. And if you're leading and you are the direction, the spearhead of something that's happening, 
we always have to find a way to suck it up. I'm not talking about not being tired, like you're tired, I'm tired. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when the, sh- when, when the stage opens up and it's go time, if you're the leader, you put your game face on and get after it. Yeah. You know, that's just, it's unfortunate. You know, you guys are, are, are putting in an enormous amount of hours and I hope that pays off quickly. So I'm not discounting being tired as I'll be the first to tell you. I, I, I can relate to that and, and, uh, and I admire how hard you guys are working. So, but the, the point of being a leader it's come showtime. The lights come on. You gotta be ready. You gotta, you gotta be ready to go. Yeah, because other people in the room are looking at us. Right. That's the unfortunate thing. You know, I we had this. Uh, the one organization that we had was was twenty years um, of always having to be on stage, of always having to be whether it's at a trade show, whether it's at an event, whether it's in front of the diff, ten different types of employees we had from programmers and developers to customer service, sales supports. I watched you uh, do the sales meeting every morning. Yeah. You ran the sales meeting. Yeah. Every morning. Yeah. Like, and sometimes it was trying to be, you know, my own interpretation of a Wolf of Wall Street speech. And other times it would be technical training and why for the users. And at seven thirty in the morning you're thinking to yourself, okay, I'd like to get organized on the things that I'm gonna do to make this organization better. But in the meantime I've got to back up and come up with some something uh, that inspires the troops yeah. to go to battle again, you know? Absolutely. To wipe off their swords, right, and grab a cup of coffee and go to battle again the next day, you know? And yeah. uh, and I do miss some of that, but in at all respect what you guys do, I'm with you and Dave. You guys have to find a way to balance it um, because, you know, working every night till 10, um, it does. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, there's this thing I had when I was uh, – I thought to myself, if I build another company, one of the things that I'd like to do, I don't know if it's doable in a lot of environments because the way the world works, it definitely doesn't, um, it doesn't offer um, uh, schedules that are, you know, if you're, if you're a retail type of a, of a forward facing business, um, you know, maybe nurses or doctors can split their schedules up or accountants or whatever. But um, my dream was to build a company. If I have to do it again, I have to deal with uh, a ton and ton of employees again. I'd like to have it to where we worked Monday and Tuesday and then had Wednesday off and then we worked Thursday and Friday. I'm not talking about just like at an executive level for the managers. Like two days on. Everybody gets a mid-weekend? I like a middle weekend, man. Middle weekend should be. <laughs> like the guy that decided we should work five days in a row, he should be slapped, like beaten, punished. Like there should be some form of pain for him like who came up with this horrible idea it should be two days on one day off two days on two days off right and I don't care if I work 10 or 12 hours just give me and that has nothing to do with holidays people are like well that doesn't really work because I like my I decided that has nothing to do with vacation and holidays it's just a standard schedule and if you have a three-day weekend you have a three-day weekend but technically it's two on one off and then two on and then if there's a three-day weekend or four-day weekend it's great it's bonus it's shorter but give me 12 hours for four days i don't care just give me back that one day in the middle where i could just do my thing right if i want to go fishing if i need to do some work around my house i got options and that way on the weekend i did all my stuff i got actually can enjoy my whole weekend i don't need to spend saturday getting caught up on things yeah that i that i never got a chance to do and, and, I, and I think we ought to, uh, we could reprogram the way America thinks a little bit on, on some businesses. And I, I'm sure people would go for that. Some of the new business models I see where people are um, offering unlimited vacation, you know, it's like you have a goal. And if you hit your monthly target, whatever it is, whether it's, um, you know, organizational stuff or sales, um, uh, sales initiatives, number numbers and things, um, it's like they give you unlimited vacation, but you never really get a chance to use it because it's very difficult to hit your target. <laughs> Yeah, but, but that's you, the model. But, but like, look at that model. That's going to drive someone. It's like, you know, oh, I, yeah. you know, I talked to David a lot about this, and I was like, I know what impact I can make. Yeah, you know, not not to the full extent of how much that could be, but I at least have the conceptual idea of the impact that I can make, and the difference that I can make, and what, you know, um, for lack of better words, it's like for what. I'm going to be remembered for, or when somebody does talk about me in the way that they talk about me. But for me, it's, I can start to see now what my purpose is and 
how I'm going to get there and the impact that I can make on people. Um, luckily enough, I had a lot of very, very positive impacts from you, but I'm starting to see that for myself and what's real for me. And so when, you know, I'll, I'll walk into David's office and sit down and be like, dude, I need fucking 48 hours away from a phone and a computer. And he looked at then He'll look at me 30 seconds later and go, Motherfucker, act like you're not going to open your computer or not going to answer phone calls, yeah. even if we gave you that 48 hours. Yeah, it's a wired thing. It's tough. It's tough to unplug. But, you know, to David's point, I see how hard he works and I see what you guys are, 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 are going through. Um, and, you know, um, coming in and, and, and working bell to bell, um, you know, it's tough. You know, you're, 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 there's so much to do. And, and I, I couldn't even measure it because I'm an outsider just kind of coming in and learn a little bit about what you guys do. But I can tell you this from an, from an ownership side, from a management side, I never liked managing hours. Like, don't come to me and tell me how many hours you worked. Yeah. Not that David's point's not right. The point is, is that production and what you're working on and what are the 10 or five or eight big, you know, uh, one of the guys that, I, that I've called a mentor over the, over the years, uh, I've learned from, and I'll leave his name out of it, but we talked about three initiatives a day. There's a lot of activities that are going on, but three major initiatives a week and three small ones a day. Like if you had set a goal to get three things done this week, what would be the three most important things and how much time would you have to spend to make sure those things, three, three things happened? And, and you'll look back a, a month, a few months from that and have had some, some good success from it. And if that's the thing is, is you're always going to feel like you have work to do. You do the things that drive the, the revenue the most, especially when you're in management and ownership. It's like somebody telling me that they, they work 12 hours. Uh, I go, okay, why? First of all, I don't want that to happen for you. But more importantly, okay, what did you get done that you needed 12 hours to do? And, you know, how are we not facilitating as a company? How are we not doing better job from, from our side of that? Um, but don't come to me and ask me to pay you money or for a raise based on the amount of hours or time you've been here. I've been here for five years. I deserve a raise. Of course you do. You have tenure. You have knowledge. You have, you have value. You have cared about this company. This company should care about you. But if that's your only answer, you better come to me with what you do <laughs> yes. to make things better in reinforcement of that. It's like time is not a, is time is not a, a resellable product. Time is, an act, is part of the activities in which you use, you know, is, is, you know, part of getting things done. It takes time. And, and, uh, and I think most owners have their own way of saying that. Most management people and most owners have their own way of saying that same thing. But nobody likes to hear that you worked hours. Yeah. They want to hear what you got done. Absolutely. And I know in a small business, you're never going to leave felt like, man, I really got it all done today. <laughs> yeah. You, you pick and chose the things that made sense. And here's another thing. In a world like yours, check out for two hours. If you're coming back till six or seven or eight or God forbid, however late that you're coming back for, leave for a minute. Break that down. Yeah, it's like half you the time. You have relationships. You have things that... that you know, I've said this to you guys a few times in the last couple of days. I was reading this on the flight out of here. I was reading Entrepreneur Magazine. And in there was an article uh, from Dwayne Johnson from The Rock and his uh, uh, business manager, also his former ex-wife, which is really a powerful thing, how, how, they, how well they work together um, considering the history. And it's really cool. She's a powerhouse. He's a powerhouse. But there's some nuggets, some real nuggets in there about, you know, uh, their viewpoints and, you know, of course they're going to throw the peaks about, about, you know, I mean, he's a dynamic guy. He's an interesting personality, what she brings to the table and who she is. But if you read that article, you really get a couple cool nuggets about where they came from, where they are, but more so how they deal with things now, um, and their expectations from their own. And his thing was not, if you are a CEO, right. And, uh, this is my own, um, version of it. And so please read the article and get it all for yourselves and for anybody else who's, um, who, who's hearing this, whatever. But um, basically he said, if you're a CEO or a doctor, that's what you do. It's not who you are. If somebody took that away from you, who would you be? Who are you? You are not a CEO. Yeah. You, that is your job or that is what you're trying to do. Be, or whatever, whatever the title is, right? We can give each other a title, but that is, that is what we're doing. And he broke it down and explained it. And it kind of, they, they kind of built out on it and to dig underneath that, 
um, really kind of described how he transformed himself. And earlier in the article, he talks a little bit about the idea of people coming up to him, asking him for his autograph uh, during uh, you know, dinner or something like that. And some celebrities handle that real well and some of them don't. And they kind of broke that down as like, you know, what, how, what that means and what you're offering somebody. You're not offering somebody an autograph. You're offering them this experience or this memory or this moment of happiness or something. And, um, and by, by being frustrated, angry or dismissive or what it would be, um, you took that away. You took the experience away from them. And they're, they're, they didn't get an autograph. They got an experience and you took that away from them. Something that five years from now, they'll remember that restaurant and the time that they went in there and saw you talking to them and, or saw you and you were nice enough and how you reacted and they'll tell that story five, 10 years later. And the point is not just that, it's, you know, it's kind of about, um, you know, as a leader and, and, and what we do, um, these are the things that, that, that kind of get mm-hmm. diluted or lost in the middle of it. And yeah, they actually talked about that as well. I thought it was a good article because it couldn't have come at a better time for me. You know, we're starting the new business. Um, we're doing some government work, some contracting work, um, as well as a few things. I love service-based businesses, by the way. Yeah, uh, you know this. I mean, I want to. <laughs> preach the I same. don't want to. I don't want a warehouse. I don't want to make things anymore. I want something that I can scale that is a service that people want. Uh, give me a service-based business that is scalable. I don't want to sell T-shirts. I'm not saying that people shouldn't sell that. I'm, I, I, no, I know we want them to. Some of the largest companies in the world sell yeah. merchandise and like that. I'm just my personal um, knowledge and what I'm what I'm comfortable with um, aligns with other business models. Service is my is my favorite. Um, so I think I think it fits into my personal wheelhouse. Um, but uh, when when I was on the way here and we're starting some new things and the idea of uh, of what I was going to do and where I was at personally. And I was like, okay, reading this article, I'm like, okay, I, you know, I read it twice uh, on the first leg of the flight. And then I started highlighting stuff on it. I said, I'm going to share this with you guys when I get here. Cause uh, you know, sometimes you need a little nugget for yourself. You're like, okay, I'm struggling. I went from flight to flight to flight over the last you know, few weeks. Um, and so, um, but I definitely recommend it's a good read for just kind of grabbing some of those, some of those nuggets from it. Yeah, absolutely. Rambled on there for you a little bit. Hey, trust me, we appreciate it. It's, you know, just to give you a little bit of background and context, we talk, David and I joke on here, we talk about life, we talk about fitness, we talk about health, we talk about business a lot and what we're experiencing. So it's, excuse me, it's incredibly refreshing to kind of, and, and valuable to get someone's viewpoint who's walked that. You know, it's like, you used to always tell us, it's like, Hey, you know those footprints in front of you walking down the beach? Don't think that they're not somebody else's. They're mine. You know, it's like yeah, you've, I think you've the experienced. Joke with that is always that you know we're all experiencing things and the things you're running in up against along the way. Somebody in front of you is up, run up against them, and you know they're always going to be those opportunities to to learn from somebody else's mistakes or successes or failures and the footprints in front of you. Um, yeah, those are somebody else's that is has you know experience some of the uh, some their own version of some of the troubles that you guys or difficulties or or even some of the happiest and and successes but you get the point yeah for sure so it's been it's been awesome having you on here it's uh, obviously i tell everybody it's like you kind of stopped becoming my dad probably about two three years ago and now you're just like a great friend and a mentor and someone who convinces people my name is not dane (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's always a good joke. There's two points for that, man. It's like, you know, my father died when I was 21. I was in the military. I was over in Germany. And, um, you know, they woke me up in the middle of the night. And uh, they said there's been a car accident. Um, your father passed away. And I was like, yeah, right. That dude is way too mean to die. But okay, sure. So I went downstairs. And sure enough, there was somebody there. And all that happened. So I went home. So when I got out of the military, I really, I was young and I didn't really know what a young man needs, you know, um, what, I, what uh, to have somebody to talk to. So I migrated to uh, two of my uncles, my mother's brothers, and, uh, and even to the day, I would tell you that those are some of my closest mentors um, that believed in me enough to tell me to go take chances. Um, and that's, that's probably the thing that, um, that I'll tell you the most uh, from that is, or from that point is, look, there's no shortage of opportunity. There's only shortage of commitment and follow through. 
That is the rule. I've told you guys that from the yeah, beginning. I, I, you're, you're one of the, have, those are one of the first lines you ever told me in business is there's never a shortage of opportunity. There's only a shortage of follow through. Yeah. I, I trust me. It's, it's funny now being 30, almost 35. Um, but now almost being 35, I look back and it's, I remember all those statements now, 10 years later, yeah. 15 years later. And that's, but they didn't make sense to me for a decade. You know, when you look at it, like I was, what David and I were walking the golf course the other night and I wanted to share this with you is I remember you telling me when I was sitting in the, sitting in the living room when I was trying to play like all the little small mini tour events around Florida to try and play golf. Um, I remember you telling me, don't be the professional golfer that's sponsored, be the sponsor. You know, and so it's like, you told me that, and it's like, now, 10 years later, I have my own interpretation of it, of course, but I have reality and understanding with what that really meant and what message you were trying to convey with that. And so it's like, that's that's what's incredible now for me to experience because I get to see all those life lessons and see everything that you shared with all of us, you know, differently, but I get to see all of that. And that is what is such a cool experience for me now, because like, I, I mean, we joke and we're like, yeah, everybody wants to be a CEO till they have to be. Yeah. Everybody wants to own their own till business they till, they, till, they, till they realize it's hard work. Yeah. You know? yeah. And that's really the thing that, you know, you were talking about and to use my dad as an example in those, those times. But the thing that, that was important to me and my, uh, my, from my childhood to growing up was break the cycle, you know, um, tough childhood, you know, didn't always do things right. Started figuring my own life out. And I think when I was about 30 and it was like, okay, wow, I really am need to do this and grow up and, and, and handle my life. And, and, uh, you know, of course a little bit before that, but, but really, if you just put it into blocks is like that zero to 20, that's, you know, 20 to 25 or 30, that 30 to 40, 40 to 50 in the different times, you know, and I say this all the time, you know, who you are when you're 20, you're different when you're 30, who you are when you're 30, you're different when you're 40, and who you are when you're 40, you finally start to realize uh, who you are as a person. And then all the things that you look back on is like, holy cow, I was making decisions about whether it's relationships or what did I want to do. And I had no idea who I was. <laughs> so how am I going to make a decision about where I'm going or who I want to be with when I even know who I am? So, yeah. but you know, so those are all, all different learn things that we learn along the way. But to, to your point, when I was talking about my father, um, you know, I never really had the chance in, in, in all that of breaking the cycle to actually have an adult relationship with that person. I probably, I don't know what I would have told him. I have a few things that come to mind because uh, he was kind of, he was a tough guy and a little mean uh, to, is, is an understatement, I would say. Um, but, uh, but the idea of being able to be here for you guys, for you, all, th all four of you, um, you know, is, is probably the biggest blessing out of all of it. Cause you know, you're, you're, when you guys are kids, we're all just kind of growing up running from, from event to event or from work to home to, you know, to dinner, to whatever, all the things that we're going through as part of all those times through your teens and, 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 um, and as you guys are growing up. Uh, now it's like, okay, now we're all just a group of adults all on the yeah. same team, you know? And when I talk to you guys, it's like, hey, buddy, how was your day? It's like I talk to you. Um, uh, it's a very, very uh, awesome feeling to be able to talk to you guys as friends, as mutual adults, um, you know, now and to see what you guys are, are doing. And I've also made it very clear to me, it's like, you know, I don't care if you work, you know, I don't care what you do. I don't want to invalidate anything or anybody. I don't care what you do. Whatever makes you happy, just as long as you're happy, you take care of yourself, you can do it your way. I'm happy you're happy. You know, there's basic rules of life. Don't hurt people, don't do things. But I don't really try to put pressure on you of what you should be doing or living up to or any of you guys are not living up to because that sounds kind of silly. But, you know, but uh, any weird expectations that are external of your own. Like I don't have my agenda for you. Like yeah. I have only agenda I have for all of you guys is is to be happy and do your own thing. I will say that there's one thing that we've always talked about is find a way to work for yourself, right? Oh yeah. You know, there's like everything else is like, and if you don't want to, like, hey, you know, we're gonna find a way to for you to to be happy within your little your, your own bubble. But you know, I I promote taking chances, take chances, believe in yourself, go for it yourself. You know, you don't have to um, you don't have to settle. You know, you guys can decide all that. But at the end of the day. 
you know, I'm, I feel blessed and fortunate to be able to just kind of now watch the four of you guys as adults. And, you know, who knows, maybe I'll, I'll be able to pull off some of those tricks so I can throw my towel say, on the ground. Worst, worst case scenario, you're going to get some entertainment out of it because you'll be oh, like, yeah. you're going to be sitting back and be like, I remember when I did that. <laughs> or should have listened. Yeah. Or, that. <laughs> yeah. or some version of you telling me how you guys, one of you telling me how, how tough it is and how you don't get any sleep or the versions yeah. that you guys talk about being able to go, yeah, yeah, this is what, this is, I'll have a little look in my eye like this is what it feels sorry for you looks like when I'm winking at you or something. I, <laughs> I think we all know. It, it, you're always going to feel, um, you know, obligated to do a good job in life. You might as well do it for yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Play your own game. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, man, I appreciate it, guys. I've enjoyed it. Um, I was a little reluctant. I'm not going to lie. I was like, okay, this is not my um, something that I would enjoy doing. But, yeah, know, a little lunch and some Red Bull, that changes everything. Absolutely. We'll get you a strawberry sandwich. You're good. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. You said something about fit. You talk about fitness. The only thing I was fitting was that strawberry <laughs> sandwich in my mouth. I was fitting this <laughs> sandwich in there, but which I'm yeah. stuffed now. I appreciate it, though. Absolutely. We, we appreciate you coming on. And uh, we will be back next week. This is Two Dumb Vets. We're out. Later, guys.